Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network. Imagine, if you will, an exhibit in fear. It looks a little spooky, boys. You think we should do this? A place that appeals to your deepest and darkest fantasies. Ooh, scary. Your fascination with ghosts, monsters, and the many unearthly elements of the supernatural. Boils and ghouls, lock your doors and strap yourselves in. From Los Angeles, California, Bloody Disgusting presents the Boo Crew Podcast. Horror news, commentary, reviews, interviews, and more. With your hosts, Lauren and Trevor Shand and Leone D'Antonio. Hey, I'm Leo. I'm Lauren. And I'm Trevor, and we are the Boo Crew. We have reserved you a copy of episode 107. It's your laminated membership card for a look into Slashback video. Slashback is an immersive exhibit and attraction in Burbank, California that recreates the nostalgic video store experience celebrating horror films. It's back for its third incarnation called Slashback Video The Beginning. If you're listening at time of release opening Saturday, February 22nd. You are joined by its creators and curators, LA-based horror icons, Ciara and Ryan Turek, along with Kiko Bailey and Eric Wessel. All that's left now that your heads are cleaned is to adjust the tracking and enjoy episode 107. Just remember to be kind and please rewind once you're done. Go ahead, scream. That's all we need. Another victim crawls onto the gurney for a Boo Crew autopsy. Joining the Boo Crew in the Speakeasy studio are two returning guests to this show who we love so much. They're icons in the horror culture of LA and beyond. Owning, operating, and curating two incredible spaces on Monster Boulevard here in Burbank, California, as well as online. Those would be Bearded Lady Vintage and the Mystic Museum. They are purveyors of oddities, dark art, a safe space and learning resource for the occult, and home of unforgettable immersive horror experiences like the one they just wrapped up, featuring the never-before-seen unearthed Evil Dead prop archives. Welcome back, Eric Wessel and Kiko Bailey. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to hire you to introduce me everywhere I go, because that was amazing. We're available. <laughs> Accompanying them are also two icons in the genre community. He is a writer and director who got his start sharing his love of horror on CreatureCorner.com, later co-founded two of the most popular horror sites in existence, DreadCentral.com and ShockTillYouDrop.com, where he was a managing editor. He's a contributor to tons of outlets like Room Org and Fangoria, is a director of development for Blumhouse, where he has served as co-producer of films like Happy Death Day, Truth or Dare, Halloween, Ma, Fantasy Island, and the upcoming Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends. He's also one of the co-hosts of the Shockwaves podcast for Fangoria and Blumhouse. She is the CEO and co-founder of Slashback Video, the most wildly successful horror-themed event in L.A., back for its third incarnation, Slashback Video, The Beginning, opening Saturday, February 22nd at the Mystic Museum. Ryan and Ciara Turek. Oh, thank you so much. Ah, welcome, you guys. This long, is Long-time listener. I'm it, so happy to be on. This is an incredible honor. Like, seriously. <laughs> so, for those completely new to the Slashback Video experience, tell us what it's all about. The Slashback Video is an immersive experience that transports you basically back to 1986 when the mom and pop video store reigned. Look at it as a time capsule, a device to time travel you to another era when horror had no boundaries. Um, we were getting films like From Beyond and Transylvania 65000 and Terror Vision <laughs> awesome. and Deadly Spawn and all these films. And from these movies came incredible movie promos and posters and, and standees. And then, of course, this is also the era that, uh, you know, where, the, where VHS reigned. 
what Slashback Video is, is a recreation of a mom and pop video store that has been basically splattered in all things horror. So when you walk in, you're getting the front counter experience, the Dropbox experience, the tape racks, the V, you know, everything is original vintage standees, VHS tapes, posters, um, even like the magazines, like the industry magazines that video stores once got. I mean, I remember when I was a kid, I would try to steal those from the front register uh, (laughs) just so I can look at the ads. And this year, this is our third year. We're adding Mm -hmm. a narrative experience, a, a narrative element to it. So in each one of our posters that we've advertised for all of our advertisements for Slashback, there's a, a kind of a character that you see named Tapehead. Yeah, yeah. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, yeah. So what we've done is we've created a backstory for him. And with that backstory comes a very 80s slasher-esque kind of storyline that you're going to get through this. That is so cool. Yeah. Is it a spoiler to unveil how that is presented to the person who walks into the new incarnation? Kind of, yeah. We're, I mean, I think this is, everyone's going to be very pleasantly surprised. This is going to be a whole new slashback. Uh, you're still going to get what you love about slashback, but you're getting a whole new experience. I think more immersed. I feel yeah, yeah. a lot more mm-hmm. immersive. Things to to watch, things to read, things to pay attention for. Um, yeah. You're basically an like, active participant in yeah. this one, whereas yeah. you're kind of a casual observer walking through, uh, you know, a video store and taking, you know, admiring the old big box VHS tapes and the artwork that's on them and and taking photos. There's tons of photo ops. This time you are a participant mm-hmm. and there's kind of an element to it that enables you to take action and you need to do something specific. So it's kind of fun. It's kind of like one step into growing into something bigger that we want to do with it. But we're just going to kind of get the audience reaction and see how people dig it. That is wow. so cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This was by far one of the funnest ones to work on. Just, you know, putting together the narrative aspect of it and these things that we're doing to help tell the story. That process was like just last yeah. Saturday was so much fun. Yeah. This one, I believe, was for me the hardest to find uh, decor for um, I found that a lot of 80s stuff is going for a lot of money or non-existent you know you're not going to find that thrift stores anymore it's really really hard but it you know, although that was a hard aspect of it this one's nailed we nailed it though it still was <laughs> a lot more fun to do uh, just hard to explain and tell you guys re- unless you go there and you see what we did you're going to be like that's what he's talking about. Yeah. <laughs> that's well, that's like, so awesome. Yeah. That's like Disneyland. You can't yeah. really describe Pirates of the Caribbean to somebody. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, like the first uh, year one of Slashback was, you know, kind of doing a toe dip into the waters of what can we do with this? Because, I mean, the whole thing came about as as a response to a generation of younger horror movie fans who don't know what the video store experience is like. There are plenty of video stores still around the country, but a lot of them live too far away to understand it. And especially here in Los Angeles, we've got, you know, Eddie Brandt's, I believe is still around. Um, and there's a couple of video stores, but you know, what's what's unique about Slashback is that it is a true time capsule to eighties horror. And in year one, uh, we took a whack at it. The response was really great. We had like 2,000 people come opening night, yeah, which was insane. Yeah, yeah. And then um, and then year two, Revenge Slashback Video, we kind of opened up the aperture a little bit and made it. We welcomed 90s titles. So you would walk in and see a poster for Scream 2 and other pro, you know other VHS tapes Laser from that discs. Era. Laser Video discs, games yeah. you had. Video yeah. games, yeah. Yeah. The challenge with Slashback 3 and creating this new exhibit was what do we do 
that makes it fresh? Yeah. What gets mm-hmm. us excited about this new exhibit and what are the little things that we can do to do differently? And we ended up just throwing all our, all our ideas at the wall and a yeah, lot of yeah. them stuck. And we ended up doing something, I think. I got really excited really when the, the slashback beginning, the beginning, like when that, like when we're brainstorming on that, I was just like, I know it's simple, but it's catching me. I like, I want to go to this. I want to help design this. I want to, I want to, I want to proceed with this. I want to see what we could do with this. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so it's very exciting, you know, yeah. oh, that's yeah. so cool. And I mean, talk about exciting the evil dead immersive experience that you guys just wrapped up really took what you guys do with these things at mystic and bearded up to a whole other level are you finding that you're learning more about like how to use like what you can accomplish within mm-hmm. that space of the two stores kind of put together yeah. and that yeah uh, what we could accomplish what we could take out and then add back before we we're trying to keep almost everything that was part of the mystic part of the mystic museum in why we do these new, you know, shows. Uh, but now I know, okay, we could rotate that stuff in and out to add more to these new exhibits and experiences. And then as I learn, you know, building, as I learn electronics, as I learn, I add that to each new show. So each show gets a, a little step up. And, you know, I think even this show is going to the next level of the last show. And, you know, that is, Kind of, I think we just has to be a ladder. Have to keep on going up. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Are there any new titles that you guys have acquired? I think so. That would be <laughs> oh, yeah. that would be the the master of air here before yeah, he, in our yeah. trunk right now. <laughs> yeah. No, I just put a bunch in the back seat. Um, I'm I, constantly buying yeah. and trying to scour Facebook VHS groups that are always helpful. I mean, there's these guys who are constantly trading and selling, and they have collections that dwarf anything that we could ever put on. I mean, these guys are diehards and um every once in a while i mean like the thing about what eric was saying with 80s stuff being hard to find or going up in price the same thing is happening with vhs Um, and especially when you're talking about vhs horror titles there are titles that go for 85 to 100 bucks sometimes 200 bucks which is just insane to me um so i try to keep us cost effective a little bit uh so i just added one called grave of the vampire uh i just added that which uh, to me the selling point is what do the covers look like? Sure. I mean, obviously there are those titles that are cult classics, um, like Monster Squad and Night of the Creeps and stuff like that. But to me, it, the the catch has to be what does that cover look like? Because again, it's really about you know it's a celebration of all things VHS, eighties horror, nineties horror, etc. But it's also about the work that was put into presenting these VHS titles. You know, I mean, seared into my brain are still movies like Three and a Meat Hook or The Mutilator. I mean, those those covers, no five-year-old should have ever seen. <laughs> but I did, and now here I am. What I like is I'm still seeing VHSs from the first show that I don't remember seeing. Like, I'm still, everything's mm-hmm. still like, I don't remember this one. I don't remember that. And I was like, that's been there. That's been there. I was like, dude, if there's there is a lot of VHS tapes. And so I think if you've been to the last two... You come to this one, you're going to see something you haven't seen before. I'm still seeing it, and I set it up the last, you know, three years, you know? So I don't know about you guys, but I'm just like, oh, man, I don't remember that being the last one. I'm like, but then I always have to put a mental note, make sure to watch that one. Sure. Make sure to watch that yeah, one. Yeah, make sure yeah. to watch that. Is well, there a Grail VHS that if it wasn't, like, 
crazy expensive that you would love to have in your collection? Yeah, I've been working on looking for some Filipino titles and I've it's just impossible. I've been looking <laughs> for Shake, Rattle and Roll, yeah. 1984. Yeah. Really, is it particularly VHS? rare? I mean, I just don't know that... It, it, it might be, might just be rare. It's on YouTube. Because, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there are these, um, explain what it is. Uh, so they're anthology, they're Filipino anthology horror movies that they've just been making since 84. I think they've made one every single year since then, but um, that's what I grew up on. And I wanted to kind of grow on our international section a little bit this time around. And it's just been really hard, really hard to find international, like yeah. Asian titles on vhs there's a couple videos that i remember that had like really insane packaging in particular there's been like lenticular packages yeah. there I, I fright night 2 they released like a coffin shaped box mm. and there was one i think it was microwave massacre where it had a button on the front where you press the button and the thing vibrates and it lights up <laughs> yeah, Frank, yeah. The, the, the frankenhooker one is yeah. probably a holy grail because that's yep. the one where you press the button on the front and she goes want a date <laughs> that's amazing i didn't know that existed yeah. <laughs> and every time i mean like when i was a kid you know that was a thing when you went you know i grew up in connecticut and we had very small mom and pop stores and i would sneak away and while my parents are looking at comedies and fr family friendly fare uh for us to watch at home i'd sneak away to the horror section i'd just have a date with frankenhooker as a, as a <laughs> 10 year old i'd be like yes okay proceed why aren't you giving me anything <laughs> i've been uh, recently uh, trying to find and i don't think it ever came out on vhs because it was a TV series in the 80s, and we've talked about this before, this werewolf TV series. I think it was called Werewolf. Uh, I think it was on USA. Really? But they did one season, and I found it released on DVD, but I cannot find it on VHS. And I feel like they never released the series on Very VHS. Yeah. And so they only released it years later on DVD. So if that ever anyone ever find interesting i don't even remember that i want to start re i want to i would just want to pop them and start rewatching them and pretend like i was eight again and like that's I, I haven't seen it since i've only seen one of each episode one time when it aired and that was it who's in it totally forget the names of that it was kind of like yeah. it was kind of like the hulk tv show okay this guy yeah, yeah, you know yeah. just wandered a country and instead of the hulk he was a werewolf <laughs> basically, basically basically i would say it's a great mashup of that the hulk from what the 70s i think yeah. and then silver bullet yeah that was a great mashup of both of those that's what it was and i'm sure you'll find something that monster pulsating pentagram in his hand that that let him know when another werewolf was around oh that's yeah, cool was, yeah, so if I could find that, I would really like to have the whole series like a stack that like this wide. I don't know. I think they only did like ten episodes. A little easy yeah. to binge. That's good. Yeah. That's good. So, in curating this collection, what have you learned about the magic of that era of video stores and physical media? I would say there was just no boundaries. There was no. There was not a lot of. It didn't feel like there was a lot of creative censorship. You know, today I feel like there's a lot of kind of restrained will this make money is this a right business decision but back then it was entirely different you know you had filmmakers that were that were exploring so many different things and so much you know taboo subject matter and with that came just really creative posters and artwork and ways to sell movies um you know we looked at uh you know when we did revenge of slashback video so uh we came into 
a stack of window decals. And they were, remember these, those are the Freddy's Dead 1900 number yeah. decals? Yeah. And you would just slap them in the video store window and it'd be like, 1900, call Fred. <laughs> and you would like call Freddy Krueger to talk to him about whatever or get like some sort of <laughs> yeah. automated message. They don't do that anymore. That used to be super cool. It was like, I felt like after Blair Witch and Blair Witch really changed the landscape of film advertising, it just it just stopped getting less creative. It was like we hit this peak with Blair Witch and then everything else kind of went downhill. That's my whole thing with Slashback is just how creatively freeing uh, the time was. Yeah. And that experience of going to a video store, there was something about, I think, that search and reward. I mean, I remember like trying to track down a, a copy of Mother's Day, like the 1980, mm. like Charles Kaufman movie. And in order to see it, you couldn't get it online. There was no Internet at that point. You had to call video store after video store, maybe find one in another city. If yeah. you're lucky, yeah. you had to go drive and get a member. I remember getting tons of memberships at other stores just so I can find, you know, rent their one copy of whatever it was, street trash or yeah. Mother's Day or whatever. And then you'd be the only one who'd have that copy. Right. And you, yeah. there was something there was some sort of feeling that you yeah. get from that. And we know? try to we try to capture that. Ciara and I wrote this thing. With that we don't, we were just alluding to, yeah. but we had to, you know, we kind of jammed on this little mini script and we had to kind of call back that feeling of like, oh, what are, what are these little quirks that, that you remember from your video store days that we can throw into this? Remember like we were talking about like the, yep. like the reservation, yeah. you know, the yeah. reservation <laughs> list. Putting a list uh, together. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I just remember like going in every day. I was annoying. I mean, but I would go in every day and I'd just be like, hey, you got uh, you got that Dracula? And they'd be like, no, come back to Tuesday. I come back Monday. Hey, you got that Dracula just in the case. But the other thing, too, is I want to bring up is uh, I talked about, you know, kind of creative freedom. Kiko has been curating the, the art side because there's an art show component to Slashback as well. Yeah. Talk about that. So different artists do things that are inspired by the yeah. era. Yeah. So basically they recreate like a film and uh, it's like their variation of, you know, they depict what they would like to show as an art piece as a VHS form. It's cool. Yeah, we have about 50 artists, so it's nice to see the different, sometimes it could be 3D art or anything they wish to do, but it's all in a VHS form. That's so really, you know, they get pretty creative. Like when you walk in, there'll be a rack and you think it's VHSs, but it's all the art pieces. That's awesome. Yeah. And they're all obviously for sale as well. Yeah, yeah they'll be for sale. Yeah, yeah and this so is something great. we've done uh, from the very first yeah. uh, Slashback exhibit. If it was a VHS store, why not do the yeah. whole thing? <laughs> yeah, VHS, exactly. You know? <laughs> well, no, the first yeah. time, the first time, uh, the yeah. first time around, this guy just, you know, he walked in, just started picking stuff up, and we're like, uh, no, 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 you can't do that. Those are art pieces. Don't touch those. Yes. <laughs> very enthusiastic. That was like customer number five. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I was like, oh, oh my God. Don't. One's picking up the the rare collectibles too, VHSs, and yeah. like stack, picking a stack, and like, okay, where do I rent these or buy them? Like, <laughs> no. buy them. Yeah. are you serious? Oh, yeah, people coming in and do oh, that. Yeah. And yeah. Oh, oh wow! Yeah. Yeah. Do you have to police that because a lot of that stuff is you we know they're have, rare. We have in the past, but we're actually our goal over the last three years has been to get ourselves to a point where the VHS tapes belong to us. Yeah. So the first couple times around, we had to curate films, uh, curate VHS from. People that we know, people in the community. We've had some really, really great contributors in the past, but we did want to get ourselves to a place where we owned every single title so that we could do a little bit less policing. 
Uh, I think we've also gotten a lot better about putting some of our rare, rare items in display cases and yes. trying to be better about, about it too, because we, we do understand that there's a, that desire, it's a tactile thing. And we, we do at some point want to be able to say, yeah, look at the backs yeah. of these, yeah, touch them, pick them up. First instinct is to grab it and look at the back yeah. and you want to remember not only the cover, but you want to remember the back, Yeah, mm-hmm. you know? And so we want to be able eventually to have every title to be able to be picked up and looked at so we're slowly we're getting to it. that spot at that point yeah. i think we're yeah. there yeah we're but there. we yeah. do in the past we've done uh just don't walk out with it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but in yeah. the past we we have done um where every other sunday we turn yeah. over tapes yeah do we flip side sunday so there you can come back on uh on sunday it's a whole new exhibit half the yeah <laughs> half the vhs's are flipped over and the next sunday the other half are flipped over so, you know, so the ones that aren't allowed to be touched or too rare or things like that, then you could see it. And it gives you another excuse to come back and enjoy it. And then with this particular show, I think there's so much to see and so much to look at. So much, I guess, Easter egg kind of things there that it's going to be a thing where you're going to definitely want to come back and, and just hang out and check it out and have fun. Yeah, yeah. and we're, we're doing membership cards again, much yeah. like oh, last great. year. Yeah. Which is the rarest in your collection? We have a Halloween. We have s- several copies of Halloween, um, but one Halloween was released by Media, and so there is. Before it was Media, it was the label is blue, and on the bottom corner it says Media, white lettering, blue label. But we have the version before that when it was Meta, M-E-D-A, and that is probably the rarest version we have. And we also have a pretty rare Omen. Um, VHS that looks like it was like first, like when VHS was born, because it, the case isn't even like any other case you've seen. It kind of just looks, it's a cardboard sleeve, but you can actually see in through the cover so you can see the tape inside it. Oh, wow. And then it's got the Omen poster on it. Yeah. We also have well, some beta tapes too. <laughs> yeah, we have a lot of rare beta tapes yeah. like Prom Night, Piranha 2, mm-hmm. The Spawning, but we have a lot of, we have this really fantastic sponsor, one of many sponsors, uh, Bill Neal. And Bill is a trailer editor um that's his that's his occupation he is one of the best trailer editors in town and um we go way back he cuts some of the best horror movie trailers if you've seen a horror movie trailer he probably cut it when i pitched him the idea of slashback he was like oh my god you know i have like a rare vintage vcr in my office and i have all of these tapes and i have all of these old laser discs and i said no i had no idea he goes well i'm gonna donate them to slashback and I'll be one of your sponsors for each year. Oh, We're that's like, awesome. Yeah. So yeah. Bill joins um, for this year. It's a Rad Coffee, Mixtape Massacre, the board game, mm-hmm. Fright Rags. Fourth what? Horseman. <laughs> Fourth Horseman, Fangoria. Fangoria. Um, yeah. Without these sponsors, this sh- these, the show is not possible. Yes. I mean, like these are people who are dedicated to the cause of what we do and remembering VHS and horror and... Uh, and yeah, they, they all have fun with it. And the open reception, you'll be able to uh, interact with some of these sponsors. The Fourth Horseman is going to be there serving. And then you're going to have Mixtape Massacre will have a setup. Mm-hmm. And then also Rad Coffee will have their truck outside with uh, coffee. Yeah. So they're going to interact with the whole opening reception as well. So we definitely have to give them all a bunch of thanks. You're going to see some fun stuff from Bill Neal too. So how long is the, the whole event going to be running? Through June. So we wow. don't know the exact date in June, but definitely to June. So it'll be a while. But the, the open reception is the, is the package deal. So you're, you're going to get the DJ. You're going to get the entertainment. You're going to get the um, 
you know, the, we put a tent in the back uh, parking lot now, so you have a lounge area. Um, it's going to be definitely kind of like a party. Yeah, it's just yeah. the great uh, horror community and, yeah. and whatnot. So it's really great for everyone to hang out, meet up, and so it's it's always really fun. And that is uh, September twenty second, no. February, February, February twenty second. Oh my god, February. Eric, if we were that far yeah. off, yeah. <laughs> like that is that's most, that is like one of the February. Uh, <laughs> Our I'm brains are fried. Yeah. Yeah, I bet. Um, but I mean, like that—that's yeah. really important. This, is, you know, these guys, Mystic Museum, are located on what you call the what did you call the it? Monster, Monster Boulevard? Yeah. Monster Boulevard. Yeah. I used to call it the Creature Crawl. Nice. Or there was like every, horror, horror row. Horror row. Yeah. Um, and you know that it's a great place for the horror community to come together like you're literally getting all of the misfits and the monster movie lovers and the horror lovers all coming together and you know that's always been my motive is to try to do cool things that just bring people together and celebrate you know as opposed to just you know just throw all the hate aside and all the bickering that you have on twitter about whatever horror movie you love just come together and just unify and love it. It's like a party. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And it's like a, f- a whole family event too. Oh, you yeah. know, you just see people from conventions and stuff and yeah. yeah, no, it's amazing. It's amazing. I wanted to go around each person and see if there was a film that you remember renting specifically because of the box art. Okay, let's go. <laughs> you start there. Uh, box art. Uh, <laughs> I think Ghoulies is definitely, I remember like right. a memorable one coming out of the toilet. Yeah. Little kid, you see a little monster and you see coming out of the toilet, you're like, cool. <laughs> I'm like, well, I don't know what's going on there, but I want to find out. So uh, that was one I kind of specifically remember the box art um, from when I was a kid. Um, there's so many that I rented that I just can't remember, but that one for sure stuck in my mind. Oh, and Critters, too. Those came out around the time I was like between like 8 and 13, stuff like that. And so anything... That was horror, but also looked fun for a kid. That was my jam. That's what I like. Yeah, stick a yeah. puppet or creature on it. I mean, <laughs> Kiko. Uh, I mean, my mom had a very an extensive collection as well, but we also went to the video store a lot too. But I feel like I remember renting Big Trouble Little China yeah. a lot, just because of what the cover. It's pretty badass. Ciara. I mean, other than my, I started renting horror movies as a very small child. My my mom would take me to the video store and I was allowed to just kind of pick whatever I wanted. But to say that there was one in particular that I remember, I have a really bad memory. So no, <laughs> but, but I, I, I do remember just having a, a big appetite for, for horror movies just in general when I was young. My dad showed me a lot of horror movies very, very early uh, in my life. But I say about the time when I had freedom and I was in high school, I think the one that I gravitated to solely on box art alone is Peter Jackson's Dead Alive. Oh, yeah. yeah. Is yeah. that the one where she's ripping the ripping face? Her face yeah. 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 And that was so rewarding. <laughs> you know, I do remember one that I rented often. That was Army of Darkness. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. yeah. I rented that one twice a year. Because it was like a hunky Bruce Campbell. Yeah, yeah. Man. <laughs> uh-huh. Bruce Campbell is so hunky. I met him once and I was really nervous. <laughs> you remember this? We were at an awards. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, do I look okay? Do I look okay? <laughs> and as your husband, I was like, yeah, go for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> go on. What, a, what about you guys? Good question, Lauren. I would say April Fool's Day. I really liked the hair the with the noose. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I love that. I keep I keep thinking there's this one vi- I I have this burned in my head. There was this video 
called Future Kill. Oh yeah, with the hand. Like yeah, the had weird... like yeah, this hand thing was like a Giger, yeah, Giger, yeah. art thing. Uh-huh. But the funny thing is, the movie. I mean, the dude in the movie looks nothing <laughs> like the cover, and the movie is actually kind of like a comedy. Yeah. And yeah. it's got like it's been Ed. a long time since I've seen that, but that was one of the great covers, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah, completely misleading, as a lot of those <laughs> movies were, right? Yes. <laughs> it was selling a movie that might not have been in the package. Yeah, I just, uh, <laughs> I think I just added to the Slashback Library your uh, Hunter from the Future. Do you remember oh, this? Wow, that sounds Where familiar. It's like a dude without no, it's kind of like the Army of Darkness poster. Army of Darkness was a riff on these posters, but it was just like this chiseled dude. Who looked like he was a surfer from like Venice Beach, but he was an ancient warrior and he's standing on this giant uh, pillar with a girl wrapped around his leg. But then there's like a spaceship hovering over him. Amazing. So clearly he's like some prehistoric hunter who meets the future. <laughs> and I remember seeing the movie when I was like probably like eight, but I have no recollection of it. But I saw it up for grabs and I was like, you know what? We're going to add your to the to the mix. I actually have an interesting question for everyone to answer. What was the horror movie that scared everyone the most? Because that's one I never really get answered. But it's funny because it's a newer movie, not recently, but not 80s, that scared me the most. And I have no idea why, but it's uh, Event Horizon. Oh, I love That's one of my favorite movies. That was really good. It was just... I don't know, maybe because I was actually at home in the dark in the basement of Ohio watching it by (laughs) myself. And it has to do with space and the devil. I'm just like, mm. um, okay, where are they going to go? They're trapped. They're in fucking space. You know? <laughs> so it's, it's really scared the hell out of me. So I'm really interested to know what everyone, what scariest mm. movie that's scary. Just scariest movie. Not necessarily on video. Just Yeah. So, okay. Event Horizon. Great pick. That yeah. is literally one of my favorite movies ever. But my my the movie that really scared the crap out of me was um the Japanese was it the grudge ring was it ri- no no the grudge what, what was the one with the Jew yeah it was the yeah. one with the little boy where, where who was she like goes. meowing in the freaking hallway goes, uh, uh, yeah don't make that noise <laughs> 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 he does that to me like every now and again he knows it's that's the movie that scares the crap out of me and he does that don't do that noise. <laughs> Um, you're sleeping on the couch. <laughs> um, but I, I still to this day have a hard time writing elevators by myself because of that movie. Because oh, yeah. there's that one scene where Grandpa Ghost is like making his way. Like he's like floating oh, towards yeah, yeah, her yeah, yeah. and his toes are like dragging on the floor. So I, I still can't ride elevators by myself. And mm. now, and then also in that movie, if, if she went down the stairwell and the little cat meowing boy... Mm-hmm was in the corner yeah, of the like, stairwell and I was like fuck how am I supposed to get downstairs anywhere now <laughs> I'm screwed yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah Juwan was scary I mean my go to I mean like being scared to death or something was the original Nightmare on Elm Street my story is that my family couldn't afford a VCR so we had to rent one this was like a time when you rented VCRs and I remember he, my dad came home with Critters and Nightmare on Elm Street and I was allowed to watch one of those and that was Critters but that had to wait because my dad wanted to watch Nightmare on Elm Street uh, the night before, and I was really, really bummed out because my my movie buddy was like, he was censoring me. He was like, oh, you can't watch this. You're too young. And so the bedroom was just down the hall from the living room. So what I did is I was like, good night, and I closed the door, and I just left the door open a crack. And, and I hear the opening chords of the Nightmare on Elm Street, Charles Bernstein's score for Nightmare on Elm Street, and then I hear like the you know, the, the building of Freddy's glove. And then it, then it just goes, 
and it, that's like a title yeah. sequence. And I was like, oh, what is this? I like, I kind of like sat up at attention and was yeah. like, okay, nothing bad yet. It yeah. doesn't sound, I'm like, I'm not watching it. I'm listening to it. And then Tina's death happens and I just got goosebumps. And again, because I'm not watching it, I'm listening to it. I'm lis- I'm basically putting a story together just hearing the soundtrack and the dialogue and the sound design. So I had no idea what Freddy looked like. I had no idea what was going on, but I just knew Freddy Krueger was awful. Yep. Yeah. And I, I knew this Nancy <laughs> Nancy Thompson was really cool, but the movie terrified me through. And his his voice in that one oh, wasn't yeah. as comical or, or as sarcastic, so it was it was a little scary. Uh-huh. I remember that. Yeah, when I heard like this yeah. is God, I was like, oh <laughs> <laughs> I, do, I do get scared of groups of kids singing. That scares me. That so, is a creepy yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that does happen in Nightmare on Elm Street. Kids, yeah. Period. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you. It's, then, it's fucking scary. I, <laughs> the one that made me cringe the most was when they sliced the foot and pet some Terry underneath oh, the bed. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. 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 Uh, I had to add a couple more in there. Sorry. Again. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> what about you Kiko? guys? Yeah. Uh, Kiko doesn't get yeah, scared. I don't Kiko. know. I mean, like the Nightmare films sometimes scared me, but like I remember watching Parents a lot. I think it's yeah. Scary. Oh yeah, it was, it was like oh. kind of like eerie, but I, like I liked watching it. I think that was a good one. But I think mine was probably Nightmare on Elm Street three, which was one of my like entry films into horror. And yeah. again, it was a video store yeah. thing where at the convenience yeah. store, the the box art for that one. I remember it's I think it's Freddy's head and a claw outstretched, yeah. and the kids are. He kind of standing on his claw looking yeah. like they're going to face up as like a punk rocker and yeah. you know each kid looked a little different and I remember seeing that and my dad was always like I want to see I've seen all the Elm Streets I want you to rent me Nightmare on Elm Street 3 just keep going until it's there and it was the tag was always gone and finally one day it was there and it just <laughs> his like he's so into it and I was like it just fascinated I, I want to see what this is too so he watched it the next day I stayed home from school and I watched it and it changed my life forever i mean literally i couldn't get the imagery out of my head the story of someone being able to manipulate inside dreams which is already an unexplained you know mystical thing as is it uh yeah i I would think about when i was eating dinner Uh, you know things were becoming fredified and you know the way that he plays (laughs) in the film was kind of entering my life and i was just like this has affected me like no other thing i've ever experienced and then it kind of became a chase and that kind of kick-started the whole obsession with it really i guess then you started drinking coffee every day there you go (laughs) (laughs) lauren like scariest thing well nightmare on elm street is just scary for me because i saw it when i was like seven or eight but i saw it on tv and it just i saw bits and pieces like my parents didn't even care what i was watching and i just believed that this guy was real that he was gonna come get me in my dreams like I couldn't look my cousin had like a cutout poster of Freddy Krueger <laughs> and he put it in his room so I wouldn't go through his crap and it totally worked because I was so scared of him and I'm still she's still scared <laughs> and she had a traumatic experience with Robert England what that oh, goes God. on to this that it was like really affected her <sighs> you gotta tell, you what? tell no, 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 I no I, it's, it's good Okay. <laughs> so So this is a real life thing. A real yeah, life yeah, story yeah. now, yeah. So I've been terrified and and I don't know, okay, my mother died when I was 7. So I was a little bit traumatized with life at 7. So right I think, when you started seeing the yeah, Elm Street stuff. So it's like everything was just really messed up for me as a kid and then I had this thing and so everything was just overly scary. 
But for some reason, I latched onto this and it just really, I couldn't get past it. I would like sleep in my parents' room all the time. I was just convinced he was going to come and kill me. But I never saw the whole movie. Hmm. So fast forward to, I started working for Loveline with Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew. And uh, we had Robert England come on for Freddy versus Jason. Oh, no. And I said, you know, Drew, like, I, I don't think I can come in that day. <laughs> and he was like, what are you? Why? And I was like, well, you know, I'm really scared of him. And he was like, oh, my God. Like, you realize, like, it's a person in a mask. I'm like, no, I get it. I get it. And, you know, then we started talking and he's like, oh, the trauma. I think you should just watch the whole thing. And he's like, no, 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 you're going to come. He's going to be a total cool dude. You're going to love him. And you're going to get over this. This is going to be great. This is like therapy. He was like so into it. So I'm like, okay. And he's like, and you kind of have to come in. Like it's your job. So I was like, okay. So I came in and I was like so terrified. I had to get him coffee. And then like Drew and Adam had told him. like, uh, Well, first of all, just let me say how (laughs) ironic and awesome it is that you brought him coffee. Yeah. Right, <laughs> right. The yeah, irony. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I had to get everybody coffee. Adam and Drew had told him, "Oh man, she's really scared of you. Like she doesn't. Want, she didn't even want to come in. Like she wants nothing to do with you, and you traumatized her." And so he had brought one of the gloves, oh. like from the movie. <laughs> and next thing I know, I'm like putting the coffee down and he scratched my back and he did that creepy voice and he was like thanks for the coffee bitch like, <laughs> and I literally <laughs> lost it and I just like ran out screaming they're all laughing because obviously this is amazing radio right, right it's here. mean and amazing at the same time but I'm just like uh uh-uh. uh so that, there you go. That's great. It's like the only that movie was, she can't watch is Elm Street. Uh, yeah, you'll never see any props <laughs> here or anything. No. Like, I want nothing. Yeah. But I think, <laughs> I think like one day I can watch it. And I think if our kids watched it, they'd be like, this is silly. I don't know. It's pretty terrifying. I don't you know. Yeah. It's a great, it's, it's one of those concepts, up. man. I, hold yeah. up. I think it? it is. Yeah. If they're like eight, I think under 10, I think they'd still be terrified. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. everybody dreams, right? Huh? Yeah. We it's had a, a, a... It's the boogeyman. Yeah. yeah. We yeah. had an incident like that with a, a, a girlfriend's kid who walked in on The Shining. Oh, yeah. Oh. This past Thanksgiving, yeah. We had we put on The Shining uh, because it just came out in 4K and we were like, oh, let's look at the 4K. <laughs> yeah. And of course, uh, our friend brought along her daughter and her daughter had wandered into the living room and saw the dead Grady twins and <sighs> flipped the hell out. Now, she took it no. like a champ. She started crying, which is fine, but... Uh, you know, she kind of she kind of calmed down after a bit, but it was apparently days later she was still asking if the Grady twins were okay. So, oh my God. <laughs> that reminds See? me of my mom. Movies are still doing it. They're still handling yeah. it. Yeah. My mom put on The Shining for my kids like a year ago. She's a little senile, but she thought it was like a kid's movie because there was a kid on a bike. Oh and she was like, look, I found Disney. And I was like, this is not Disney. Right? It's like the twins. She's like, oh, they have magic dresses. Is so cute. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> well, that was the thing. I mean, like my my dad, um, you know, he wouldn't let me see that original Nightmare on Elm Street. But I remember when three came out, like the th- like you probably agree, dude. Like the three advertising was just a beacon for like 
12 year old kids oh, it was yeah. like come to, i mean i saw the poster in the, like new york times and I, I recreated i had to draw it yeah and i was like this is so cool who's the dude with the who's the dude with the baseball bat who's the chick with the awesome mohawk yep. <laughs> why is this girl standing on the tip of a blade why are they facing freddie they're gonna take him down that was so empowering as a kid and then my dad rented it on VHS and I was like, ooh, can I watch it? And he goes, no, but I'm going to show you a scene. Oh. And he showed, so he didn't, sh- he didn't show <laughs> me the whole movie. He just was like, sit down. And it's the moment where the kid gets his, th- his <laughs> wrist slit and his r- ankle slit. And oh, then Freddie like uses puppet. him as yeah. a puppet. Yes. Like, yeah, I saw that and I was like, whoa, that is ter- terrifying. <laughs> wow. Gotta show thing. you this scene. Yeah, he's just like, it's gonna show you that. That's what he'd do. He would like, like, he would like slow drip horror movies. He was like, all right, you can't watch The Exorcist, but I'm gonna show you a part of what she's like, cr- screaming at her mom and calling her a bitch. And I was like, wow. What? Like, those were my intros into like some of the, like the milestone movies. Seeing it out of context like out that context. makes it even more scary, right? There's no resolution, just like these images. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. But I mean, like, it just became fascinating because I was like, I just want to conquer that fear. Do you think that, okay, so for example, our 10 year old didn't watch any horror, like crazy horror up until recently, which it's not even that crazy. Do you think that exposing kids to crazy horror at a young age makes better horror fans? No. I think I think you crave it because you weren't allowed to watch it. Yeah, okay. so we, we have a 16-year-old, and she was allowed to watch pretty much anything. And, I mean, today, if you asked her to sit down and watch a movie with you, if she's like, uh, if it's not anime, she's like, oh, whatever. Uh, huh. Yeah, she's yeah. just not into it. I, and I think but also she, she's surrounded by it. Like yeah. Our, our yeah. home is very much like your studio. It's, you know, it's wall-to-wall prints and figures and stuff like that. So yeah. she lives it, and I think to her it's just... Uh, mom and dad's business. Sure. She also she also grew up watching things like Beetlejuice, Coraline. I mean, that's what I was not the kind of mom who was like, "Let's watch The Little Mermaid a thousand times." I'm like, if we're gonna watch Disney, it's gonna be something yeah. different, right? Right. Um, Paranorman. I think Paranorman's like one of those like completely I, overlooked I kids flicks. Yeah, yeah she really loved that. That movie. is a great one. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, we we've always been really open to letting her kind of watch whatever she wants to. And nowadays it's like anime or bust. Yeah, I think <gasps> I think I was going to yeah. say, I think the first thing I saw was I was at I was nine. I think it was nine or eight. And it was uh, I was my dad took me to opening night of David Cronenberg's The Fly. What would you, what did you think? I mean, I was I was astounded, but I mean, I also questioned why he covered my eyes when I couldn't watch this, <laughs> the little moment of sex. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, everything Jeff, else is okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Melting Jeff, face yeah, off and everything. Yeah. That was like <laughs> Jeff Goldblum brings home a woman from the bar, and, and then like she's like sitting on the couch, half naked, and Jeff Goldblum comes onto her, and I was, he was like, "Close your eyes." I'm like, "Why?" Why? What am I? I was like, <laughs> I know what's happening. There's love. It's just, just love. Because I mean, I did that with Jackie. I, 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 I do think that. Basically, how you were presented to horror and how if it was part of a family tradition, if it was, you know, bonding with your father or mother or stuff like that also creates horror fans. Because I think that nostalgic part of it and going to the VHS stores Mm. and seeing the covers, I think you can become a horror fan with you never even seen it just because you would walk through the VHS stores and you could see the the covers Mm. and you always wanted to know what that was. You got old enough, you could do that. So 
I think it's also a bonding experience too. Oh, we have yeah. um what, who's the who's the dad that always brings his little girl? Oh in? yeah, they're so yes. cute. They're the dad s- and the daughter that come some, to Mystic all the time. Yeah, there's Oh, a, do they dress up? Mark, yeah. yeah. Yes. You've seen them. They, they go to Anna Mon- Apoc- yeah. Apocalypse. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I think it yeah. But I mean like in Slashback One, it was just amazing. I have a photo of of uh, this little girl and her dad and they're just sitting in the video aisle. And they're they're looking at the tapes, and he's walking her through what each movie is, and which one she can watch, and which one she can't watch, and didn't, she'd have questions. It was adorable. Didn't uh, they come to the screening of Nightmare on Elm Street? They did. She, <laughs> she dressed yeah. up, Indian she's style, getting a yeah. good education yeah. right she dressed there. Up, she dressed up like, didn't she have the TV? Well, the daughter head. She had like a little glove, glove on. Yeah, yeah, it was really cute. Oh no, she dressed up like the TV. For right, the, the welcome yeah, to primetime yeah, yeah, TV. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, she's just a, she's just a little thing. You know, Whoa. it's like it's adorable. It's really cute. Yeah. 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 So we ran into her at Holiday in the Park. Mm-hmm. They came in, and then my daughter Scarlett met her. And then she was telling her all these horror movies that she saw. And then my daughter was like, hey, I haven't seen any of those. And she's way younger than me. (laughs) The funniest part is when they were going to get up to leave during the screening because it was starting to get too serious for a kid. And she just goes, oh, we're watching Tales from the Crypt. And then it ended up being like a more serious movie afterwards or something. And she just walks out and goes, it doesn't matter. I already have seen it. Oh. <laughs> and it's funny because the dad's trying to be responsible in front of everyone. So I'm going to, you know, not let my daughter go and see this. And it's funny <laughs> they do let her see a lot of horror movies, but I think they're also very responsible yeah. with it too. Yeah. yeah. Talking about seeing the younger crowd who come in inside, you know, slashback video. What is the reaction typically for people who have not been through this before? I haven't really like sat down and talked to people that much. And so, like the younger generation who didn't grow up with these VHS or rental stores, but it's interesting that some of them know more than me. I'm like, whoa, this person really knows their horror and really knows the covers and really knows that. It's become uh, collectible and it's become like, I think, nostalgic to the older generation, but also more of like, oh, I'm really into the art. I'm really into the VHS covers. I really, now I'm going to start collecting them. And I think it's because when you become a fan of horror, then you want to have everything sure well i think too it's it's um the difference between going to a video store and then sitting on your couch and being bound to your couch and your apple tv remote is that you have to make very hard decisions if you're out of the house and in a video store when you went to the video store on a friday night you had to like make some hard selections because that's what you were going to be living with for the rest of the weekend (laughs) you know and whereas um we're now kind of a generation where you sit there for 30 minutes, you flip through Netflix, and then you go, oh, wait, I'm thinking about this movie. Then you could jump over to your HBO app, and then you jump over to your CBS app, and then you jump over to another app, mm-hmm. and you're not, like, an hour later. I'm definitely a victim of this myself. I mean, Ciara can <laughs> test where I would spend an hour just trying to find something oh. before I fall asleep. But, you know, it's about, you know, she had mentioned earlier the kind of tactile uh, experience, but also it's just about commitment. You know, you're making a commitment Picking a certain number of movies at the video store and going home to the weekend, you know, for home for the weekend. I remember getting stuck on a snow day and well, obviously we didn't know it was going to snow the next day, but we had Short Circuit and Flight of the Navigator. Oh, those are great movies. Great movies. And you know what? <laughs> That's all we had. And for two days we were snowed in and there was no school. And guess what? I watched Flight of the Navigator like 10 times and I watched Short Circuit. Like I forgot about that five. movie and it was such an amazing movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing about it, too, is that you were 
I mean, forced, I guess, to watch a movie all the way through, regardless of how much you did or did not like it. Because you rented it. You spent money to do it, right? And if but, it was old enough, you didn't have a remote control yet. And so yeah. <laughs> you didn't fast forward through anything. It like, yeah, it wasn't uh, disposable, yeah. right? Yeah, like right. now it's, yeah, yeah well, I don't like it. Next one, uh, whatever. But I do think that like there's a, you know, the younger generation of horror fans, I think that when they walk into Slashback, there's, a, there's definitely an appreciation. And also it's an appreciation of, you know, finding titles that they've never heard before that never made the leap to DVD streaming or Blu-ray. Yeah. You know, there's still a lot of stuff out there. And there's great... Companies like Severin and Vinegar Syndrome and uh, uh, Blue Underground that are, you know, exhuming these titles and putting them on Blu-ray. But, um, you know, I think it, it's really cool to see uh, younger horror fans walking in and writing down titles mm-hmm. and going, oh, that looks really cool. Like I caught like a couple of people just like simply writing things down or writing it down on their app on their phone and going, oh, I've never seen that. I've got to remember that for later. Yeah, there's still titles in there that I'm like, God, I, we really, when this is over, I got to take this home and watch it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And it's also, we're giving, you know, the generation now who's so used to just staying home on their iPad or their, their apps and video apps and things like that, uh, something to do physically. And, you know, and because I remember when, if you want, we wanted to rent a movie when we're old enough to do it ourselves, we had to physically get on our bikes and ride to the VHS store. And we're, kind of creating that experience that they didn't have. And now they're like, oh, why don't we on Friday night go to Slashback Video and hang out or go to an event that they're doing or do this, you know? And so I like the fact that we're getting people off the iPad. Awesome, guys. Well, thank you guys so much for being here. Of course. It's been amazing. Thanks for having us. Thanks yeah. for having us. Hey, no problem. So Saturday, what's the opening date again? February 22nd. Awesome. And that's our opening reception. And yeah. then the show will run through June. So... If you are out of state or out of town, it'll be, you have many months to come check us out. And we are offering uh, VIP tickets too. You can purchase in advance just because uh, sometimes the line does it. The line doesn't get long. We do get everyone in, but um, if you want to do the advanced viewing an hour early, have a guarantee entry entry and some uh, slashback swag, go to the mystic museum and, click on the link for the online store and buy some VIP tickets. Yeah, we'll have new t-shirts. New we'll have yeah. t-shirts from yeah. Fright Rags. Yeah. Uh, Mark Schoenbach did uh, our key art this this year, uh, Sadist Art Designs, and then we'll have uh, our uh, staff shirts, which yeah. are not ringers this year, but a different kind of vintage style. So, yeah, that's cool. It's going to be fun. Super fun. Oh, one, one more question. Who designed Tapehead? That was uh, originally Devin Whitehead, who helped design Tapehead. And then uh, from there, we kind of molded in and we had an artist kind of create this new key art. Wow, yeah. cool, yeah. cool. Yeah, there's yeah. one thing about this is so awesome. It's got its iconic character, yeah. Tapehead, which yeah. you can see, yeah, on the, on the online and everything yeah. else. It's, it's, it's definitely, amazing. Yeah, it's definitely a nod to like Iron Maiden, Eddie, and all that yeah. kind of stuff. I mean, it's just super fun. And hopefully each year we can get a new artist to take their crack at it and we'll have some fun. But yeah, you'll learn who Tapehead is and where he came from yes. in Slashback Video at the beginning. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> awesome, guys. Well, thank you so much, Ryan, Ciara, Kiko, Eric. Man, it's been a pleasure. Thank, thank, you. You. thank, you. thank you. That was the Boo Crew Podcast, episode 107. Special thanks to our guests, Ciara and Ryan Turek, Kiko Bailey, and Eric Wessel. Follow at Slashback Video on Instagram and Twitter, and if you're in the LA area, don't miss Slashback Video, the beginning, a time of release from Saturday, February 22nd until June. 
June of this year. Production tracks for this episode provided by Power Man 5000. Till next time, it's the Boo Crew saying sweet screams. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Boo Crew Podcast. Haunt the Boo Crew at TalesFromTheBooCrew.com. Tales from the Boo Crew on Facebook and Instagram. Follow us on Twitter at TalesFromTheBoo. The Boo Crew is Lauren and Trevor Shand and Leone D'Antonio. The Boo Crew is produced by Lauren Shand, chopped and sliced by Trevor Shand. The Boo Crew is a TSP creation, part of the Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network. Bye. The Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network, home of the Boo Crew. For horror-centric interviews, SCP archives, weekly full-cast storytelling, horror queers, genre commentary from an LGBTQ perspective, and creepy for disturbing and terrifying creepypastas. Listen free wherever you stream audio and at bloodydisgusting.com slash podcasts.